Hey, welcome back. Today, I will be going over a step-by-step process of what you need to do to become a psychologist. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and I am obsessed with all things branding, marketing, numbers, and helping you live a lifestyle full of abundance. On this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the person you were meant to be. I am a mom and a wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 17 years into building a multi six-figure mental health business along with multiple streams of income. I teach you how to use my top secrets to trade that employee mindset for a CEO mindset, build generational wealth, move from serving your community from a one-to-one model into a one-to-many model, and most importantly, to live abundantly. Will I hold anything back? Of course not. This includes the good, the bad, and the ugly of business ownership. I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic, going after big business goals, having fun, and making a significant impact in your community. Think of this as your one-stop shop to business growth mixed with a girl's night out. Get ready to dive into some juicy hacks to be more abundant and watch me challenge you to rise up to become the person that you were meant to be. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Dr. TK, licensed clinical psychologist and the number one therapist business coach. So from time to time, I have mental health providers that are in school and or that are exploring going to graduate school, maybe even exploring going to undergrad for psychology. And they really want to know, is going into the field of psychology worth it? And what are the steps to actually become a psychologist? And so today I'm going to walk you step by step of the process that it takes for anyone to become a licensed psychologist. And of course, I'm going to give you the details of what it took for me to complete my program and get licensed. All right. So step number one is you first want to decide, decide on what is your career goal. So for example, for myself, I knew that I wanted to work potentially in schools, in the community, with children, but I knew that in order for me to be able to do that, I would need to get a doctorate degree. Now, granted, there are graduate programs out there in which you can obtain a master's degree and you can actually obtain a master's degree for clinical psychology. However, there is no licensure status linked to a master's degree, which means that you can go and get a doctorate. So once that you've made up your mind that, you know what, I really want to go into the mental health field, I either want to do research or I want to work with people in mental health services, then you would decide what do you think right now is the population that you want to work with. So when you hear us say population, that means do you want to work with children, school age children, teenagers, transitional age youth like 16 to 24? Do you want to work with adults, geriatric population? Do you want to work with families, individual therapy, group therapy. And it's not to say that you need to know all of this before going to undergrad, but you definitely want to take the time out to explore this area before applying to graduate school. Okay. Also, your career path will potentially determine which program you apply to. So in the field of psychology for a psychologist, you will have two different programs either a PhD 
or a side D. So sometimes people don't even know that there is a difference. And let me give a disclaimer. A psychiatrist is not a psychologist. A psychiatrist goes to medical school like a regular medical doctor, and then they do rotations and trainings in psychiatry. If you obtain your doctorate in psychology, you go and get a four, five, potentially six year degree. You do collect hours, but we either have a PhD, which is more emphasized on research and or you get a PsyD, which is it's more emphasized in terms of your curriculum on theory, on practice. So I chose to get a PsyD because I knew that research will be a part of my career. However, I did not want the entire curriculum to be about research and stats. I wanted more than half of my curriculum to include how to do therapy with the different populations, how to do therapy utilizing different types of theoretical approaches. And I wanted to learn what it truly meant to actually build a relationship with the client. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot have this in your PhD program because it does depend on your professors and the curriculum. And if you're still not sure, what I would encourage you to do is look at PhD programs and look at society programs and compare the curriculum and the desired outcome for what you may be able to do based on the degree from that school. The next thing you want to do once you decide what career path you want in the field of psychology. Do you want to do a PhD or a PsyD program? The next step you want to do is actually apply to the program. And the reason why population, the third step is vitally important is because some programs may have a specified track. So some programs may say they focus on child and adolescence. Some programs may be for developmental psychology. Some programs like mine are for clinical psychology. Clinical psychology meant that I had the basic courses like research and stats, but I also had certain specialized courses for exposing me to different theoretical orientations like cognitive behavioral therapy, family systems, group therapy, child and adolescent therapy, and so forth. And so you definitely want to apply to programs that are going to set you up for the future based on your desires of your goals for the next five to 10 years. So clearly it requires you to plan. So once you apply and get accepted into the program, expect that your program can be anywhere from four to six years. And so when I entered into my program, they told me that it can be four to five years, depending upon if I go part-time or full-time. I chose to go full time. I wanted to finish, but that included a dissertation. So in order to obtain your doctorate degree before you graduate, before they put the stamp next to your name, stating that you are a psychologist and you have a doctorate in front of your name, like Dr. Takesha Jackson, because that's my name you have to complete a dissertation. And so a dissertation is a research project that you have to complete and you can work with your chair and the reader, which are the two people that pretty much oversee the entire dissertation process. You have to choose a topic and some people can work on this project for a year. Some people work on this project for multiple years throughout their entire doctoral program. And then unfortunately, we have a category called 
ABD. So ABD is all but dissertation, which means that they've completed all of their coursework. They've completed all of their internship hours to graduate, but they have not completed that dissertation process. And so that means that you've spent all of that money and all of that time and you cannot graduate. Okay. So definitely do not do that and set yourself up for success. And so once you're in your program, you also will be required to complete a certain amount of hours. So there are different types of hours. One set of hours is called practicum hours, or it can be called externship. So I'm just referencing the terminology that I was given in my program, and also I've taught in doctoral programs. So in my four-year structured program, which I believe now majority of the programs are five years, in the second year, we were introduced to our first year practicum. We had to apply to different sites around the city. Most schools will actually give you a list of sites that they partner with or have a contract with. And then you have to go on interviews just like a job. Majority of your practicum sites, um, your application will be accepted. You will go to an interview, but you may not get paid or you may get a stipend. And I may do another video talking about what is it like to go to a practicum site and what you can expect. And if you do get paid, what realistically does that look like? Because I went to school over 10 years ago, and if they do give a stipend, it may be drastically different than what it was in 2006, 7, 8, or 9. Okay, it's 2022. <laughs> so with that said, um, we went through practicum for two years straight. The first year of my doctoral program was all curriculum prepping us to apply to get a practicum site. The second and third year was practicum and we collected hours by working in the community for a minimum of 16, maximum 20 hours a week. That also included going to training and doing documentation. So it wasn't like we were seeing 16 clients. On average, I would have about eight clients. My first year of practicum, I worked at a high school doing nothing but intakes and therapy along with additional paperwork with great training. My second year of practicum, I chose to stay in the school system because back then I really only wanted to work with children, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to work with younger kids. So I chose to apply to a site that not only would put me into an elementary school, but that would also give me the opportunity to apply utilizing my knowledge of psychological testing. So I was able to do testing with children along with therapy, feedback sessions with the teacher and the parents and or caregivers. So in total, I had a all-inclusive experience working with children, including doing a little bit of family therapy. So after I did my practicum, then my last year, it was time for me to apply to an internship. That's a whole nother video or podcast episode. But nevertheless, my last year, we're still in school and we have to do full-time internship hours, which looks like a full-time job. We are not going to school. The only thing that we are doing at minimum is actually working on our dissertation if you are not done yet because you do have to defend your dissertation. And that means that you have to sit in front of your chair the reader of your dissertation, along with family and friends that you invite, like a panel. And then you present what you have done, the data that you have collected, the outcome of your research study. And then they have to provide you with feedback, give you a timeline if there is any feedback. And then you get the stamp, technically you're done 
if you complete those internship hours, which I'm sure that you will. So once you've done the dissertation, once you've done your internship hours, then you graduate. Technically, you're known as a psychologist. However, I am a clinical psychologist. So if you're wondering, where does the word clinical come from? Clinical comes from the license. And so during the time that we graduate, psychologists are eligible to take the first exam. The first exam is known as the EPPP, E-P-P-P, E-P-P-P, three Ps. So with the EPPP, it's mainly on all book knowledge. It will include some practical knowledge. However, it's based on the information that you were expected to learn in your doctoral program. But honestly, it also includes areas that you may not have ever been taught. So for example, my program was not an industrial organizational psychology degree program. However, on the licensing exam, expect to have a small percentage of the questions be related to that particular topic. Of course, you get study materials, you take practice tests, and then you go take the test. So after you pass the EPPP, then you're eligible for the ethics exam. Now, the ethics exam, from my knowledge, may not be in every state, but I'm in California. So I have to take both. And the ethics exam is based on the laws and regulations According to the Psychological Association, your board in your state, they have a set of rules that you clearly have to adhere to and abide by in your practices of being a psychologist. And so once you pass that test, then you are fully licensed as a clinical psychologist. You can go out there in the world. You can open up a private practice. You can see clients without supervision. You can go and get your dream job at a specific location or maybe even do a blend of the two. So thus far today, what we've talked about is my step-by-step guide on how to become a licensed psychologist, specifically a clinical psychologist or maybe even a developmental psychologist. But we've walked you through the steps of deciding on a goal because that's going to help you explore what population you want to work with, such as gender, age, geographical location, and so forth. Then you want to explore PhD versus PsyD. Of course, you want to apply to the program, get accepted. Then you'll start doing the core curriculum, apply and get accepted to an internship, take your exams and get licensed. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this video. If you are a pre-licensed or maybe even pre-doctoral level psychologist or pre-licensed mental health provider, make sure that you subscribe to the channel click that notification bell because I want you to be notified as to when I publish more videos on my YouTube channel. I really have enjoyed you. Let me know what was your biggest takeaway or which step do you want to learn more about in terms of becoming a psychologist. Make sure that you drop it in the comment box and you never know, I may pull that information and then make a video specifically to that topic. So I've really enjoyed your time and I will see you in the next video. Bye. 
listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, head over to drtk.com for additional abundant resources. And if you are looking for a tribe of abundant therapists like yourself to bounce around ideas and tap into another level of business growth abundance, be sure to join our Facebook community exclusively for therapists. The link is waiting for you at drtk.com.